I'm Steve. I'm Kelly. And this is 90 Day Fiancé Coupled with Chaos. Despite only spending about 90 days together before our wedding, we've now been married over 25 years. And we were only together for about two weeks before getting engaged. That might qualify us as 90 Day Fiancé OGs. Probably not, but that coupled with being super fans of the shows does qualify us to sit down each week and talk about the episodes, cast members, and the general chaos that surrounds their families. Just like ours. This week we discuss 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After, Season 5, Episode 8. Colt, Debbie, and Jess. That's what we've got. I think that's the big one of of this group. No kidding. It starts out with Colt. They go back to the house where I guess all the events happened the night before. And, and they go there and they're passing flip-flops and bottles of alcohol around as gifts to see them off to head, to I, head away. I could not believe that in the hotel room the next morning when he shows up to have his mom feed him some more, I'm sure, uh, that he tried to pass off that, oh, I can't remember, did that happen last night? Baloney. He was not intoxicated when all that was going down. Well, I mean, down. That, and that all comes out. I think his, his drama is, he's just, he's just playing He's games. just playing everybody. Yeah. I don't know, you think part of him is, is to be on TV? You think that's a part of all probably. of us? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. He's probably hoping to get attention from women that he wouldn't normally get just because he's on TV. Yeah. So they go there, and his goal looks pretty clear. He pulls Dad aside. And you could see, even in the corner. Yeah, you, could you see knew what that was Deb was about. looking she at She was him. watching. Yeah, she She knew was. what was happening. She's he, no dummy. And sure enough, I think as much as he's been involved with Brazilian families... You think he would have learned a little Portuguese. Well, he never he never met Larissa's family. Yeah, but he's still been around. Larissa's English, I guess it's decent enough that they could communicate in English. But still, you'd think you'd pick up a phrase or two if you're going to go there and ask the father for <laughs> yeah, to marry the daughter. That would be... the translator. Look, that was Tim, funny. from the other show, Tim learned decent right. enough Spanish. I'm her, hearing nosotros coming out of it, hearing some stuff. I got nothing, nothing at all from Colt. Right. They get back in the vehicle. Debbie says, what were the two of you talking about? And he says, football, nothing, football. Like, whatever. I can't even imagine. One, it's not even the same sport there. <laughs> right. So, and Jess is all sad. It's going to be, she says, oh, it's going to be nine to ten months, maybe a year before I see my family again. Yeah, what's up with that? Her well, visa expires in six months. Who brought that up? You know, uh, Debbie. So the two of, the two of them are talking, and you don't see anything or hear anything about Deb at all. And the two of them are having a conversation about the visa, and she says nine or ten months. But and you can see Debbie in the back seat. All of a sudden, Debbie starts talking. The gears are going. I thought your visa expired in six months. Why so would it why be? Why would it be so long before you saw your parents again? Aren't you coming back to the city? I forget. I think they cut out at that to talk to to Deb again, and she made it pretty clear what, what her, she meant, <laughs> what, her, what her position was, and what she was going to try to do. If Cole asked her dad for for Jess's hand, that she would do everything in her power to stop it. <laughs> so they broke away for a bit while wherever they were, Deb was in her her, her place, her hotel room alone, and and. Uh, What's Vanessa called? So the two of them talked. Vanessa and Deb were talking. They were talking about Colt and the relationship. And, and Vanessa was like, I don't think that's right either. So that it's almost like um, 
she's pushing Deb to fight. She's just agging Deb on. Right. It's like, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Jess shouldn't tangle with Debbie. If you're listening to this and you don't already know what Deb did at this <sighs> point. Then, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Deb meddling is completely wrong. You're in agreement, right? Yes, absolutely. She should let Colt make his own mistakes and, you know, she can offer him advice, but it's got to be his decision. And them living together is never going to result in him having a serious relationship with anyone. Not that she's right, but can't you see where she's coming oh, from? Oh, absolutely. What else does she have? But, but he's old. It's It's his decision to make. Of course. But I think she's probably got a little desperation involved. This is her... I guess her livelihood is wrapped completely up in her being with Colt. Just knowing that he is looking to have a marriage with someone, apparently anyone, then she should really be trying to separate herself and live on her own, Mm. knowing that that's coming because it's never going to work with three people living together. It's just not. Not with the relationship that they have. It could. Sure, but it won't in their circumstances. Yeah, it's just not going to work. No. So, Deb drops the Vanessa bomb. Right. About oh, watching. she's watching the cat. She said they're doing great. Want to see? Look. Look at this cat <laughs> video from Vanessa. And from you even who? saw it. From Vanessa. You even saw. She got up and was holding the phone. And even you, her tone of voice was so fake. And she was just totally laying it on thick. And I think you saw. I mean, Jess is only 22. I think that's her age. So, she's still a kid. You could see the shock in her face. Yes. It was like a dog when you blow a whistle or something. She turned her head and went, what? (laughs) Like she completely was caught off guard. Like I'm sure Colt had said he has no contact with her whatsoever. Right, he did. He said that before. She just snapped. She sure did. Deb just, she just threw a grenade out there. Oh, and, and brilliant, even more brilliant than her bringing up Vanessa was what she did after. So Jess reacts, right? She uh-huh. just, Jess just... Oh, yeah, and then she sits and talks to Colt, and she's like, oh, I'm totally on your side. And isn't Jess just so awful to react that way? Of course it's okay for you to have Vanessa as a friend. You're just friends. Why can't she see that? Oh, she was totally playing up. Right, just completely, completely brilliant at that right. point. It's like she just piled on. She's just turning Colt against... Uh, a Jess at that point. I didn't think she had that move in her. <laughs> She's yeah. cold and calculating. Because I think the phone thing, the Vanessa and the video, I thought, you know what? That was pretty smart. But she took it a step further. Take it only from Deb's position. That was a smart move. Right. And then to one-up it. Yeah. Oh, that's devious. Yeah, that that was pretty pretty deep there. So I could see her. Very calculated. And I think what we've seen is if you poke and prod, Larissa doesn't need much poking and prod. Right. She blows up. She doesn't so. even need a strong wind and Larissa is just gone. Yeah. So we see her and Eric. Yeah, boy, that went from zero to 60 really fast, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that was one of the more creepy exchanges as far as make me feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I think we see a lot of times maybe some staged fights. Or we see some things that are yeah, maybe that, that was instigated. A scary with them. The producers did kind of push her in to go talk to him. To confront him. And I, I thought that was I think that was not a smart move for Larissa's long term livelihood. Right, because everybody involved knows that all it takes is one phone call to the police about anything and mm. she's done for. Yeah. You know, her whole future hangs in the balance in this next couple of weeks. 
They started arguing. You could see him even get face to face. And you could tell, you know, nobody had a camera set up. The camera was all jerky. The cameraman was in the middle of all of this. Boy, Eric is, he's ugly. What happened was, and you saw it, I, and I, I think I pointed this out to you, or maybe I didn't. Or, but he had her, they started arguing, and he told her to close the window. Yeah. So he had her in the middle of the fight, and she just went ahead and did it. She went ahead and closed the window, and he so went the ahead. the neighbors wouldn't hear. And, and he call. went ahead and pulled the drapes. Right. I mean, that's that's somebody who's been here before. Right. He he strikes me as someone who could be a dangerous person. I think he's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. I found him to be a little scary and controlling. You right. know, they're both. You get excited. I think we all kind of do the same. Everybody reacts differently. It looks like both of them are kind of pacers and walkers. So as they're arguing, the two of them are moving around the apartment. They're talking. They're following one each other into a room. They're not really moving from each other, but they're active and moving. And and it's a free flowing argument. And you can see the the cameraman was just trying to struggle to yeah, stay on them. To stay on there. And there was one thing I noticed. So they're all doing that. And then all of a sudden, Eric sat down. And as soon as he sat down, Larissa's still moving around the apartment. And he's, he says, you know, stop hovering over me and trying to intimidate me. He wants her to sit down because she's standing higher than him. Uh-huh. But he's in the only place where you can sit. Mm-hmm. So she really has to sit on the floor. And when she sits on the floor, she's about a head and a half shorter than him because he's sitting up up high and uh-huh. she's sitting down low. I guess he was just controlling her. They're, when they're both moving around, he's a head taller than her already. Uh-huh. He's already bigger than she is. So he sat down and then he felt uneasy because she was taller or higher up than him. So he made her sit down. I'm like, what? A, you know, just what a controlling jerk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then what was the Dolly Parton? Did you hear that? Dolly Parton? Did you hear that? Why um, are you rocking around like Dolly Parton in a robe? Yeah, because um, what, yeah. she was only half-dressed under her that. robe. Yeah, so but you know, the ref- she's had the- a bunch of plastic surgery yeah, recently, so he's just digging at her. I get it, but Dolly Parton? Yeah. Who is that mobster that always went around? Wasn't there a New York mobster that went around in his robe pretending yes, to be crazy? Yes. That uh, Gigante or whatever it that was guy. The guy wasn't it the guy who went, um, eventually went into hiding like he was in retirement in Arizona or something with his something, wife and he had all that money hidden in the wall of his yeah, apartment? He, he just <laughs> always finally got him. Always went around in a robe acting uh-huh. crazy. Yeah. So I could see he's from Vegas, so maybe there'd be a mob reference there, but, but I can't. But Dolly Parton. I don't, I just don't know where that came from. I think he's just digging at her for being fake. And so even that closing scene, and I'm sure it's nothing, but he, she ends up calling Carmen and they all go back and Carmen hits her with the, you knew it. Right. I told you so. It's no surprise. And then guess returning a call that David ended up calling her back. And that turned ugly too. Yeah. That, that went zero to 60. Yeah. Really fast. David shouldn't have said what he said. Because he get into, you know, this is probable cause for you stealing. Right. You like, stealing like they're the all trying to threaten her with yeah. deportation. And what, just, she, what a horrible position to be in. And she snapped again. Yes. She shouldn't have. One, well, I think we all understand she should not have taken the phone. Yeah, she shouldn't have engaged with that dude at all. It's none of his business. Yeah, and her mistake was still, is still going back to Eric. And you can look at social media now. and Everybody manipulates social media, so I'm not sure if they're together now or not. Yeah. Something this week that said that they mm. are are together and that he sold his house and in Vegas and they're moving 
um, somewhere, another state together where it's going to be cold. And so the conjecture was that it's probably Colorado in the Denver area because he has family there or something. So that's interesting. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised they're still together. I thought this was going to be it, but... And there's still, no, there's still no way. These, somebody's going to end up hurting. Absolutely. It would be just dumb for Larissa to be with him. Absolutely. Especially the guy didn't seem I to... I think th- he's worse than Colt. He didn't seem to throw away anything. He's got posters on the yeah, wall. Spiral and notebooks by what, the stack. <laughs> what could you possibly be doing with spiral notebooks? I don't know. We have spiral notebooks. Okay, but you homeschool children. Right. Do you use spiral notebooks for I, anything else? I don't. I keep them... I actually keep them on the yeah. shelf for any kid that goes to public school because they have to have them. So what would what could he possibly be doing with all those? And it wasn't just like a two or three. This was a stack of folders and spiral notebooks. Yeah, that's interesting. Comedians. And carry he, it looks like stuff he was like almost that. flipping through them. Like he was shuffling a stack. Yeah, he was of putting some envelopes stuff. inside. I don't know of what them. he was. It doing. was a big pile, and it was evidently important that he was doing that. Maybe maybe it was stuff that was in her room that he pulled out so she could stay in there, and so he had he was just sorting, sorting through, through it. it. And it's possible. I don't know. But I cannot imagine what a grown man would be doing with spiral notebooks unless unless he is a comedian. <laughs> because it, it would be a, it would be what a comedian would carry around. They carry well, around, or it would like be that. like somebody who you know he's does journal funny. writing or something like that. Like maybe you'd use them as a journal. Yeah, or, it strikes me. Eric know. strikes me as a journal writer. Right. No, he does not. <laughs> not at all. I don't think there's anything right. about him that would lead you. If down anybody that would path. be a journal writer, it might be Larissa. He even had a wall of DVDs. Well, his roommate was pretty dated, also. You know, I mean, they seem to be throwback. Cool hat, though. Throwback, a uh, couple of single guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Playing video games. Right. All day. I think that's what everybody does at this point. I think these video games get in everybody's way. It seems like it. Yeah, it seems like that's what all that guys do. That's all they spend their time on. Wow. Unless they're having affairs. Yeah, they're either doing that, <laughs> yes. I haven't seen, t- maybe Tim should have picked up some video games. Maybe. Instead of bringing his cat, he would have brought his PlayStation. Yeah. And everything would be better. <laughs> so let's get a, get a hobby. I don't know. We think that's how our son blew all of his finances. But right. <laughs> with this during PlayStation. Right. Who knows? <laughs> so I don't see them. I don't see anything good happening with them at all. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not. Even if they are still together, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. I think she was better off with Colt than with, with him. It's funny because we're now off again, maybe, with Michael and Angela. But it's completely the opposite this time. This time, Michael's got, he's got. Yeah, he'll choose her. The only roadblock is his mom, but uh, he loves her. He genuinely loves her, and you can see that. This whole week is all about moms. It seems. Well, yeah, it's about other cultures and the and the control and influence that parents have over their children in other cultures. This was probably a good edit for Michael and Angela. This is the one time that I see them having, it seemed like real conversations. Yeah. That Angela was calm, um, collected. Until she didn't get the immediate answer that she wanted. I guess she's been an emotional wreck. I thought that was lame, though. Yeah, but I think before then is as we get through Angela, it's the tote and the baby thing, and her... I think I wish I would have just gone and listened again. Her explaining to Michael the complete female productive system. That was so funny. That would be great. That's what you need. 
That Imagine was hysterical. Her having to talk. He's starting to talk like her about toting babies, and you know he learns all his English from her. So that was cracking me up. Right. Because when he comes to America, if he says that to anybody who's not in Georgia, they're gonna be like, "Huh? What? What well, are you talking about?" I mean, for real, she sprung. She just sprung the possibility of cancer to him. Right. She's had all this time to process all of these things yep. in her head and how it might affect their relationship and and so on and so forth, and she just blanket threw all this on him like a cold pail of water right all at once and then expected him to have an immediate answer about his life's decision and that the answer was that you're sticking with me instead of having a baby and that was ridiculous that was so wrong this was even, even before they knew the answer i was impressed that he was mature enough yeah. to go, you know what, I need to think about that before I give you an answer because I, I owe you my honest response. I was like, bravo, Michael, right. very mature. Right. And she blasted him for that. Yeah, I mean, if this wasn't a big deal, why was she hiding it? Right. So, you know. And, and she even said she was hiding it. Right. And so what does that do for everybody? That's no good. That was messed up. Yeah. I really was disappointed in Angela at that point. Yeah. So it turns out that. We got to see that my favorite doctor now. I think she needs her own show. (laughs) Dr. Pettigrew needs her own show on TLC. Whatever it is. I don't know. She's so funny with her street face. She could just be getting up in, you know, old ladies' wombs. She's a poker player. Old ladies' wombs is what she's getting into. But Angela seems to be healthy, you know, despite. Despite the smoking. During the actual consultation. That was funny. I love it. No. No, she said, what? No uterus cancer is what she's got. I got no uterus right. cancer. Right. What is she? I'm just a healthy... I'm Bee. Just, yeah, <laughs> that's what I am. And she, what she said? She said, you're the most beautifulest doctor I've had in my womb. <laughs> but we're at a point where, you know, she calls him out again, and Michael says, you know, she he doubles down and says, I'm going to have to think about this. Right. And so... Good for him. And, you know, and she, you know, she calls off the wedding every week. Right. Every, every, week. every five minutes. Yes. We're not having the wedding's off. It's off. There'll be no it's marriage. Over. It's over. Over what is really nothing. I'm done. Right. <laughs> Her famous last words. Right. It's done, Michael. There'll be no wedding. He puts up with so much from right. her. She wouldn't be able to find anybody that loves her the way he does. Nobody else would put up with that bull crap. Yeah. Now, Seriously. Spe- yeah. Speaking of bull crap, I guess we did get a little Paul. No Karini, but a little Paul this time. And and you could listen to a podcast from last week. They have a lot of personal drama going on right now. Could you believe the opening scene at the pet store? Where yeah, they're so leaning there. Let's just talk about that. And mom is like, so did you call me here for a reason? Is there a reason you want me to meet you to in this pet, pet store? Do you need help? Is that what you called me here for? Well, yeah, I probably do. Boy, does she know him yeah, he said, like, I could, a, like a notebook or what? I, I do mean, need a little help. And so they bought, he ended up buying dog food and a couple of, I don't know what those were, some kind of long neck bones. Or yeah. I don't know. That seemed awfully long. They're expensive. So. So, and they bought expensive dog food. Right. At an at a expensive pet store. place. Who buys dog food at a pet store? Right. You just can't. Unless you don't have children. Maybe they had special. <laughs> he was boarding those dogs, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Dogs and the other stuff. It's all a bit odd. Yeah. All of that. And if you listen to our special podcast uh, right after our last one, our last episode, then you know that 
the poop really hit the fan. Yeah, the two of them are. It's, They're over. Yeah, there's restraining orders, and we hate to get into it. But that was such a big thing that I don't know how we could we could really avoid that. Yeah, and there's no recovering from that. Like, yeah, there he can't be within fifty feet of her or the kid, and they're like probably in a shelter. Like the police know where they are, but nobody else does. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's and I think not good. you know I think from the point we see it here, I think Paul had probably at least found a way to get money because they were even in a different place than they were before. So, uh-huh. so there maybe had be- he finally got a job, even though he told his mom that he couldn't even fill out an application. Everybody told him no because of his record because he burned down her house ten years ago. She said that sounds like a deadbeat, pretty brutal. Are, She's like, I probably wouldn't want to be with a deadbeat. That's t- Those are tough words. Yeah. Well, you know, she's been dealing with this crap for a long time. Yep. If anybody knows him well enough, it's his mom. Right. Well, speaking of moms, we have more moms. Sinjin goes back home and gets oh, to meet yeah. his mom. So the two of them, I thought maybe the funniest thing all week that we saw was probably the silence of Tanya's tea fiasco. In the hotel as oh, they're getting ready to leave for the airport. That was so stupid. So he's excited. He wants to go to the airport. He's ready to go. It's a long trip. You get it. You're excited. But She's... she was so overly dramatic, sipping her tea. And... Oh, I got to finish my tea. <sighs> After every sip. Who drinks like that? You're a tea drinker. I'm a tea drinker. Every day of my life, I down at least a pot of tea every morning or I don't function. Yeah. And then I have other tea the rest of the day. But that's just the minimum to start my day is like uh, a, a, quart, a quart and a quarter I have in the morning or a liter and a quarter. Right. So, I mean, that's a lot of tea and never do I drink it like that. Yeah. And someone who has stayed in quite a few hotels in my day. I can tell you that all hotels that you're in have, have to-go cups. Have a to-go have to-go cups. In you there. make it in your room, and it goes into a foam cup with a travel lid, and you can take it with you. Yeah. Now there could be an odd chance that this one wouldn't. Maybe they had room service. Maybe she ordered that tea on room service. That would come in a, in I a doubt mug. It. I d- would doubt it. I again, who knows? But neither one of them works. So you right. know, how much money are they making? I don't know. None. Right. <laughs> it's just a matter of them fighting, and they managed not to fight too much. A little bit about this and going and car. It was don't nag me while we're in, while we're in South Africa. Yeah, they were already and, at it, and they yeah. weren't even at the airport yet. And they talked about sometimes they just say things to try and hurt each other when they get angry. Those two are so mismatched. They really are. They don't they don't agree on the most basic things, and they just bicker. I thought it was funny when they landed. So they got to meet the mom, and Sinjin and the mom hugged. Now, Sinjin's the son, the brother, so everybody wants to hug Sinjin first. So I got to think then the daughter got stuck with, like, Tanya. And you could see <laughs> it was even awkward. It was like, well, since he's hugging her, I guess uh, I'll greet you. You know, it looked even uh-huh. funny. So you get it. Yeah, so I wonder if you noticed. I noticed it. So I got to wonder <laughs> if Tanya noticed. From the, the side interviews with the producers, you can see that the – his sister and his mom, neither one really approved of them being together to start with. So, of course, they're going to be giving her the eye Yeah. now that she's in their territory again. Sinjin was talking with his mom. They went shopping and they sat down and he was talking about the issues that they're having. An honest discussion. And he thought, well, you know, I do like to have a, a cold one <laughs> on, a, on a warm day. 
And I piped up and I was like, yeah, and on a hot day and a cold day and a... On a Tuesday. Medium day and every day. Right. (laughs) Every hour of every every day. Every day he has something. So there isn't a day he doesn't... I haven't heard of a day he doesn't like a cold. Although apparently 8 a.m. is too early. He he told Tanya when she said that that's when he would be glad to start once he was back in South Africa. 8 a.m. She goes, oh, so 10 a.m. then. (laughs) Right. So... We move on to, uh, I guess, Kehlani and Asuelu. So this whole thing is about oh, the money and the gifts. Yes, ridiculous. Kehlani has, she has the scene of the week in both shows, really, when they're talking about the money. Well, I have to ask you. Uh-oh. And you may not have remember this because you haven't actually seen all the episodes of past seasons like I have. But do you remember in your your you know, skimming through previous episodes, this the scenes with Chantel and Pedro with his mom and sister. No, I don't. Identical really? to this situation. Mm. With everything being about the I need a TV and I need, you know, this and that and the other and they have these long lists of things they want shipped to them and and whenever they would travel, he'd be like overweight and he'd have to send stuff back because it was too big to wow. take his freight and then he'd have to ship it and oh, it was the same kind of scenario where it's every time they have contact, it's about what can you do for me? Mm. Identical attitude what is with that well i think it's cultures that we've talked about you know i think that's just what it is it's you know people are so poor so they think because you've gone to america that you're now you're in the money you're in the money and that's not the case it's expensive to live here people have an unrealistic expectation i think yes of what life in america is like they're thinking hollywood movies or something i loved asuelu uh, weighing the cans. They were deciding what kind of canned oh, meat to get him. That cracked me up. I was wondering if you were thinking the <laughs> so same he's, thing. He's holding it. Numbers are hard. I'm like, look at the ounces. <laughs> Maybe it's masculine. Tell me. This one's good. $48 for spam. Right. Seriously? Our numbers, this stuff is disgusting. Numbers are the same in Samoa, so I can't imagine. So He is so simple. He's just picking one up with one. Not even using the same hand. One with one hand, one with the other. Trying to see which is heavier. Right. Like, oh, no. But she, had, like I said, she had the line. He said, well, we can give them gifts and money. <laughs> and then how much money do you think? And, you know, he, she said $50. And what did he want to give? A thousand. Her response to that was just great. I loved it when uh, he was like, um, she said, how are you going to pay for that? And he was like, oh, I think I'll take it out of my pocket. She goes, okay, how about the, how about the $50 I suggested? And he goes, okay, I'll get it right now. Oh, sorry, I don't have that. She's like, exactly. Right. You don't have $50, so where's $1,000 coming from? Mm. And who's going to pay the bills that we have? And so he was like, oh, well, we'll just give $1,000, and then we'll just pray, and, and God will just give us another way to make it happen. And she, like, rolls her eyes, and he goes, don't scroll your eyes at me. Right. <laughs> And she says, okay, so uh, we'll give a thousand to your mom and I'll give a thousand to my dad. And then we'll just hope that, that God puts it back in the account. How about that? And then he's like, okay, $50. <laughs> I was cracking up. Oh, that's super. That was great. She does have to talk to him like a child. It's like the only way you can reason with him for him to see the daylight, you know? 
It's crazy. I thought that, um, I think she's really funny. That was funny. She is funny. She talked about pooping in a plane, and you know, I get that completely. <laughs> I you thought know, of you immediately. It was just great. Oh, I, she said she held her pee for that long. Wow, that's something Like else. a 19-hour international flight. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like, No way, I'm in there every five minutes. So they land, and the battle starts because they couldn't get the one kid strapped in the car. That was a rental vehicle, and yes. well, that is brutal, I can imagine. And I remember in the summer trying to figure out how to get something in. It was just a right. pain. Those aren't easy. You right. get well, your you... arm stuck behind the seat. Right. You remember when I used to drive a school bus in Virginia when the kids were little, and I was a substitute and had to uh, install a car seat to the frame of a bus seat in a new bus every single day at 5.30 in the morning in that hot summer school heat. It was awful. Well, the kids are crying and right. it's late and he wants to go right. visit and so they end up going to the Airbnb and you know he starts to throw a tantrum again. And of course you can't take crying tired cranky kids that have been traveling all day out of their normal element and expect to go visit. That's not the adult thing. Right. The the best scenario for tomorrow even is to get them to bed and give them some normalcy. And he just doesn't think like that. Sure. Speaking of crying, whining, um, irresponsible, um, Charlie wow. and Chuck. Yes. That brings us to a close. They were just killing me. Not only were they grilling him with questions and grilling his friends and family with questions at the dinner table. We're supposed to be having a nice casual meal, getting to know one another. But on top of that... The way that Chuck was talking was so, I'm so innocent. Well, what's wrong with that? You right. know, oh gosh, it was so fake. Yeah. It was ridiculous. On this one, I think it's whoever's episode it is. Playing Mr. Innocent. I, you're on Libby's side and then you're on Andre's side. And I, no way I could survive being anywhere near this couple. Yeah. It's just too much drama. Yeah. It's, it's constant. It's just way too much. Andre, at the beginning of the episode, he's trying to say, look, try to tell your, your family and my family I'm not playing video. They think I'm just home playing video games all day. But we agreed that one of us would have to stay home with the kid. And so I am the one. And, and then he, she pipes up and says, well, maybe I've changed my mind. Oh, well, now's not the time at the dinner table with both families. Like, that's a conversation you have privately. So they're both wrong. You know, I mean, they're both just doing everything wrong. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and then to, to throw her family in, who is just really the most pompous. Overbearing. Overbearing. Yeah. They're they're just so holier than thou right and they <laughs> come in just grilling yeah you know and they're looking for a confrontation when they sit down they right. look for the great best opportunity to dig into his past and right. there and, may be some questions there. and i'm sure there is but the thing is they're already married they already have a child so what do you do you stick at this point it's easy to get along you pull what janice did with that family you eat what they put in front of you Com right. Polite conversation. You make nice, nice. Right. That's what you do. It's not the time. Right. But no. And, and I said to you, you know, if they wanted to ask these questions of his friends, the time to do it would have been when he, uh, you know, gets up to use the restroom or something. You go, hey, I wanted to ask you, blah, 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 when he's not at the table so that it's not like yeah, a confrontational thing. Yes. I mean, they were just setting up the uh, circumstances to have a brawl. I mean, Yes, so you get Andre went to Ireland for something. You know what I there and they this they, this is what Charles said. One, what in the heck? 
business is it of Charles? This is his sister. He's their dad's there. If the dad wants to ask, he can ask. What is Charles' business about Andre? Why why is it his business? Yeah. What makes it your brother's business about how you live your life? Because him and the dad are like two peas in a pod, and right. they're ganging up is what they're doing. Right. It's They've really, agreed ahead of time, this is what we're doing. Right. Gangbusters, we're coming in so, like a couple of gangsters shooting our, our darts at everybody. This is what he, I would say, insinuated and said all at the same time. He said that they think Andre moved from, from Moldova. Because he was in trouble. To Ireland in order... To then get to America. Yeah, what was with that? Like, like, the, like they think he had another American girlfriend or well, something? Well, I think that is, that could be possible. That could be floating around that he had. But you still, what's what's Ireland got to do with it? Well, if anything, A I've gotten plot. I've gotten an implication that he was in some kind of trouble in Moldova and had to leave. That's entirely. Well, he's back now. He's not right. living there. But regardless, it's just they're just relentless and they yeah. don't stop. Right. It's the same at home. And then they tried to say, oh, well, he, Andre's not been like this in the two years that he's been in America. I'm like, whose family have you been in? Y'all have been going at it from day one. Yeah. And Libby said something when all that was going down. Libby said, you know, our first when we first talked about getting together, our intention was to stay in Ireland. Right. And they it said. It wasn't even about coming to America. Bull is what they said. He Bologna. preferred to stay here. They said, said. We really, they said, Libby, we don't believe you. <laughs> so it's their own, you know, their own family. And we don't believe you. Right. Charles is putting Libby in the middle. And Andre's putting Libby. You know, you talk to him. You talk to him. And then Charles snaps and says, Libby, you tell him we're your family you tell him to tell us what's going on yeah and she's like i'm not getting in the middle bye first she said that to andre and then you know she so she had to fight it from both of them yeah and she was physically stationed between them with both of them going at it with each other in each ear uh f you no f you no f you back and forth and and just about the time she went to get up was when they decided they were gonna bump chests and you know maybe go outside and have it out which is where we were last week so everything this is everything led to this point. That's stress levels out of the roof. Ridiculous. So, I mean, what's the solution to their problem? If what's... you're fixing their problem, how do you fix it? It's got to be separation. It may not be immediate. You could probably. Yeah, they shouldn't live anywhere near her family. We talked in the other show about Jahoon taking a month or something and what you could do in a month, but they need like a year. So, you know what? We're going to work. We'll have Libby working for my dad for a year and Andre setting something else up, whatever it's going to be. Right. You know, it's not easy just to come up with a career, but they've got to find a way to separate. Right. Whether they, how to become financially independent from father. And you right. just got to break exactly. it off. You just got to break it off. And one time you go, we really mean it. We're out. We're not going to go to him for help. Right. We're not going to do anything. She it's shouldn't cl- keep working for him either. Yes. They, they should have a clean break. So there's some separation there. But I don't think you can do it now. he lords it over them. Yes. Totally. Yes. It's a manipulation. He's of, just throwing his just money a around. tactic. And, and she's so spoiled and dependent on the family money that she just lets it happen. And she takes advantage of it, too. Yeah, it's still easier. They're both know? getting something out of it. Yes. And that's unfortunate. And the drama It's not follows. a healthy relationship right. at all so between I think- the dad and Libby. I, I think that would, I think they could probably it would take them a year to separate. But I think the bigger question is is who wins the fight? If these two fight, who who's going to win? Oh, Andre's definitely winning that one. You don't think down. there's any doubt? No. 
That I, guy's massive. Did you see the size of his chest? Yeah, he's He's like dude. bulging out of his shirt. And I think he's a little more angry. I think yeah. he's get a rage factor He's involved. probably had some practice. Yeah. You'd probably need a few people to pull him off of Charles. There was a reason he was a bouncer. I think Charles... <laughs> In oh, Ireland. I didn't think about that. You're right. <laughs> so I think Charles just doesn't like Andre. But right. I think Andre hates Charles. Yeah. I think there is... And Chuck. Yeah. I don't think you can go around beating up. You can't beat up the daughter's No, but, but hating. Brother's fair game. Brother wants to insert himself into right. the family. Guess what? I'm taking all my frustrations out on you. Consider yourself inserted. This is how we handle things in Moldova. You've been listening to 90 Day Fiancé, Coupled with Chaos. If you'd like to hear more from Kelly and Steve, look for their other podcast, Coupled with Chaos, in any podcast player. If you have any questions or comments, they can be reached at coupledwithchaos at gmail.com. They can also be found at Coupled with Chaos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.